Good morning, Valley Church. It's been an amazing morning already, hasn't it? We have been to church. Wow. I want to read. I just want to start reading. Matthew's already, I love to pray. Matthew's already prayed. You guys have prayed. Uh, We're believing right now. Have expectation and belief that God's going to do something amazing. I want to read to you uh, from John 14, verse 21. Jesus speaking. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it's he who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. I want to talk about that manifest part. I have three gentlemen. That first gentleman has just sat down. Paul, would you jump right back up? Paul Redman. And Pastor Tim. And Pastor Tim. And Pastor Tim. And Patty's after Pastor Tim. And Jared. Jared Arias. Oh. And sooner or later, we will have Pastor Tim, guaranteed. I just want to talk about some of the manifestations of God. When Jesus says, those who love me, I will love, and I will manifest myself to them. I think I've been serving the Lord for probably, probably 30 years or so before I ever received any kind of manifestation of him in my life because it was not something that I was taught, it was not something that I was expecting, or even necessarily a belief that I had that he would manifest himself to me. I wanted each one of these guys to share. After we've started, uh, started this fast, and the Sunday before, I mean the Sunday that we were actually talking about, teaching about, and kicking off this fast, the Lord really started to manifest himself to Several. I know that there has to be several other testimonies out here, but I know these guys all personally, and I've heard it already, and I would say, we need to share it with you. You need to hear some of what God's already been up to in this first week of our fast. Has it been amazing for you this first week? There's, wow, I heard four people cheer and go, yeah, and the rest go, it's like, ah, it's been tough. Has it been amazing? Yes! (laughs) All right. Well, I thought I'd just have all of these guys up here as we share, and I didn't put a time limit on any of them, so we're going to just see what happens here. But Paul, I guess we'll just go in this order. We'll go Paul, Jared, Pastor Tim. So let's, uh, a big hand, big valley welcome once again for Paul Redmond. Pastor Lynn always gives a, a nice heads up, usually 7.30, 8 o'clock the night before. <laughs> I don't want too much time for you to prepare because I didn't want you to take the whole, the whole time, you know, I, I, leave me over just a little bit of time here, so. Well, it was really amazing um, as when Pastor Lynn first mentioned the fast, it's something that really spoke to me and it, 
it's something that I'd really been anticipating, um, admittedly with dread, but also with great expectation. And it was two weeks ago, I was playing on the worship team, playing bass, and um, just that, that anticipation was just really, really heavy. Just, you know, go, 2020, getting ready to start this big fast, and we're all doing it together. It just, I just really had this feeling of anticipation, and I'm just worshiping, and, and uh, you know, I just, I sort of just lost it. I just, I just felt, my brain was, you know, thinking and thinking and thinking, and it just all sort of fell apart, and I just felt so much joy and just felt so much love and I just started laughing and it wasn't like super out there crazy laughing but for me it was like whoa I'm just sort of I'm just sort of laughing and I and I just and then I just I just roll with it and I started crying a little bit and then I hit a wrong note and I was like oh my gosh pay attention but I <laughs> and then I'm I mean it just it was just just this overwhelming feeling of, of joy and peace. And, and it came from that, I, I believe, that, that mindset and that, that heart of anticipation, just expecting what good things God's going to do. And it was, uh, he was really speaking to me. I was just looking out, you know, over the whole church, and I just saw this entire place filled. I mean, completely every seat. And it, it was, but it, it was, it had very little to do with, you know, more people being here at Valley Church, it was like this, what God, it, it was, it was a picture of what God is doing in our community, in our, in our area, in our towns, a picture of people wanting more, and people are going to be yeah. brought here, they're going to be brought a lot of places, but they're going to come here, and, you know, some of the people have never been to church before, some of the people, this will be the first time they've ever experienced anything like this, and, they're going to be blessed. They're absolutely going to be blessed. Valley Church is a house of good hosts. How many of you know that already? And people are going to come. They're going to start to trickle in. And what does a good host do? Good host says, hey, what's your name? I'm Paul. Can I buy you a coffee? It's free today because you're a visitor. <laughs> a good host invites somebody over for turkey sandwiches. <laughs> of course, in this day and age, you'll probably be met with, I don't eat gluten. <laughs> and that's fine because they can come over and just eat turkey if they want. You're inviting. A good host invites somebody into your home. And you'll find out they don't eat meat. And you'll look at them, realize they look like Paul Redmond. They need to eat more. <laughs> but that doesn't matter because now you know their name. They felt loved. They felt welcome. They come back again and you say, hello, Gunther. Good to see you again. <laughs> and that's probably not their name. But you'll be able to get it sorted out and then you'll definitely know their name. And they're going to feel so welcome, so loved. That's this house, this but it's, you know, here's the thing, though. It's like what I, what I saw and what I sensed is it's not even just, you know, people, you know, new people coming in. It's, it's this right here, what, what God is already doing. Everybody just look around. Not at that person. They'll see you looking at him. <laughs> what does a good host do? 
even amongst people you've already been going to church with for a couple of years. You say, hey, what's your name? <laughs> I've seen you a hundred times. My name's Paul. <laughs> Do you eat gluten? <laughs> I, 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 this is all, I mean, but it's, I, I was overwhelmed and I'm just laughing and I'm just, you know, just crying and I'm trying to pay attention to what everybody else is playing so Jared doesn't say in his microphone, no, Paul, chorus, chorus. <laughs> but I, I, I just, I, I'm trying to, you know, I, I'm trying to explain what I, what, I, what I sense the Lord is doing and it's big and it's good. And I think about that, people coming in they're going to be touched, and then they're going to go out, and they're going to touch people. There's going to be so many people getting touched. People are going to look around and say, who touched me? <laughs> and it'll probably be a VSSM student. <laughs> Imagine this place. <laughs> Imagine this place is filled to the rafters with people who are seeking the Lord, who people who just want to experience God's goodness and a hug and a hello and who need a family, and a lot of them will become VSSM students, and they're going to go out into the world, and they're going to do more touching. Pastor Lynn, I don't know where this is going. I better pass this mic. Wait. Wait. <laughs> Anything could happen. You need to go to lunch with this guy. If you think he's funny right here, he's like, it's, it's amazing, but I think you kind of left out a little bit in the beginning where you said you had kind of some problems with that holy laughter and some of these manifestations because of your background, how you were raised up and, and religiously brought up. But I just thought, I said, yeah, why don't you just touch on that just a little bit? I, I was trying to keep it light, but, but thank you for bringing that up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> You know, there's certain things that I just, it, that just really don't compute with my mind. And that's just losing it and just laughing, rolling around, flopping around, just going crazy. I just, that, that doesn't really, it doesn't, I mean, it's just never really worked for me. I mean, in terms of my, my framework, what I understand, what, what seems right, what seems holy, what seems, I, I don't know, I don't even have the words for it, but... It's just something that I sort of admired, you know, from a, like an arm's length away. And I have long arms. <laughs> but it's, it, the Lord is, you know, my wife and I were in v, the first year in VSSM. And that's, that's why I bring that up even, because I'm so inspired by it. It's such a blessing. Thank you, Pastor Rich. <laughs> yeah. And... You know, the, it's, it's just like, you know, it, just like when the Lord first melts your heart and get, takes that heart of stone and gives you a heart of flesh. And it's, it's just like that almost moving into that, that deeper, that, that next level of what he has for us. And he has good things for us. And I just imagine, I mean, just imagine the more we become aware, the more we surrender to the Holy Spirit. And we're just walking around our town and we see somebody who needs healed. And we just know that that's available. 
And we just go yeah. over and we don't have the yeah. words. We don't know exactly, but we know that we love them. We know the love of the father for that person. And we just give them a hug or we don't want to freak them out. So we maybe touch them or we ask them if we can pray for them. And God does a miracle. Who would like to see more people be healed? Yeah, yeah. Who would like to see even bigger miracles? Because who knows this, that God's imagination is bigger and greater than ours. Who would like to see just this whole valley, all of God's children and people who don't know the Lord coming into this family? Yeah. Pastor Lynn, what do you think? Pick me, pick me. <laughs> God bless. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Jared. That's kind of a tough one to follow, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> but amazing, amazing. This, uh, I'm so proud of this young man. I like to call him a kid, but this young man, he's doing some amazing things, and God's doing amazing things with him, to him, and through him. So just go ahead and share what, uh, what's happened. And this is his... Seventh day, complete fasting, water only, water only, yeah. and he's still standing. <laughs> okay, Jared, you're amazing. Go for it. Thank you, Pastor Lynn. Um, I got to speak a little bit earlier this week about this, but um, as Pastor Lynn said, this is my seventh day fasting, and the whole journey has just been so incredible. I'm, I've never fasted for this long before from food, and so this experience in and of itself is just really, really impactful. Um, I guess I'll kind of do a, a breakdown day by day, but my first day, um, it looked like me getting off work, coming home, um, just kind of doing my chores, and then at night, I was really devoting it to reading the Word and just and studying and really getting a lot from what God wanted to say to me, and the process has just been incredible because um, every single day, the first 30 minutes of my prayer time has looked like this. Just completely undone on my face and it's not that I'm I was trying to it's just I couldn't help but just fall and it's interesting the name of Jesus has just become so sweet to me every time I hear it it just pierces me um, this fast has really really instilled instilled a hunger for the word um, I pick up my Bible and I just can't help but read I just want to read and read and read and read and read. It just, I can't set it down. Everything is jumping off the, the pages. Every word carries a new meaning, a new purpose. Yeah. And it's just been impactful in that way. But I've never felt so close to God before. It, it just, it's amazing when you surrender yourself completely in humility and, and just humble yourself before him and say, God, I need you. I love you. What do you want to say to me? And coming in with that posture and just seeing God show up and say, Jared, I love you. What can I give you? And then a response would be, well, God, you've given me so much. Uh, Jared, no, what can I give you? I want to give you something. So I go down the list and say the things I want. And it's beautiful, but he follows up with, that's amazing, Jared. What else can I give you? Mm. 
try to come up with a few more things. Jared, that's amazing. I love that. What else can I give you? Wow. What else can I give you? What else do you want? Because I want to bless you. And when you come in that way, I mean, it's <laughs> humbling to say the least, but it just melts you because you don't have any, any register for that. But when you realize how good God truly is, how much he truly wants to bless each of his children, it completely takes away any pride. It completely takes away any sense of ambition, but really just the pursuit of God. God, I really want you more than anything else. Um, I'm not going to lie, this fast has been hard physically because without food, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> um, I'm so looking forward to tomorrow when I break the fast for that beautiful, <laughs> glorious chicken noodle soup. But it's amazing having stuck with it with diligence because I feel like God's really blessed that when you really come in with conviction of, no, this is what I'm resolved to do. Um, I'm just going to do water. And seeing God honor that, it's, it's incredible and really uplifting in that regard as well. But it's amazing how I think my third day I really experienced, um, excuse me, my fourth day I really experienced a lot of breakthrough. But it was my third night um, I was on my face again for, it must have been like an hour or so. And I started reading the word and I just couldn't put it down. It was amazing. But um, I'm going to share a quick scripture with you. As I was reading, I was reading through Matthew, just kind of like skimming. I'm like, oh, man, that's really good. Write that down, write that down. Oh, this is another good thing and that lasted for, goodness, like an hour and a half. But I came to this verse, and I really feel like this is kind of what God has put on my heart. This is Matthew 15, 21 through 28. And I'm reading from the Passion Translation. So I mentioned about coming in with a humble heart, posturing yourself that way. Um, I'm just going to read real fast. Then Jesus left and went north into the non-Jewish region of Lebanon. He encountered there a Canaanite woman who screamed out to him, Lord, son of David, show mercy to me. My daughter is horribly afflicted by a demon that torments her. But Jesus never answered her. So her disciples went to him, why do you ignore this woman who is crying out to us? Jesus said, I've only been sent to the lost sheep of Israel. But she came and bowed down before him and said, Lord, help me. Jesus responded, it's not right for a woman to take, it's not right for a man to take bread from his children and throw it out to the dogs. Verse 27, this is where I cried. You're right, Lord, she replied. But even puppies get to eat the crumbs that fall from the prince's table. Then Jesus answered, dear woman, your faith is strong. What you desire will be done for you. And at that very moment, her daughter was instantly set free from demonic torment. God's looking for people who will humble themselves before him. He wants to bless you so, so much. But he's looking for your heart posture. He's looking for when you say yes, what does your heart look like when you say yes? What does your heart truly look like when you say yes? Do you give a half-hearted reply and say, yeah, I'll do that. But do you mean it? Where's your conviction? He's looking for people who will humble themselves before him, go on their face and say, Lord, help me, I need you. He didn't answer her the first time. He gave her a chance to be humble. He gave her a chance to show her humility and ask from a genuine, sincere heart. Wow. And then he answered immediately. He always wanted to heal her, but he was looking for her heart.
And that's just been kind of the core of this fast for me is what does my heart look like? Entering in that way, it's, it's so important that we realize how glorious God is, how worthy he is to be praised. And when we fall on our face and we ask him, Lord, what can I do for you today? How can I bless you? How can I minister to you as I'm fasting? That's been my entire week, just on my face reading the word, absolutely convicted by God's goodness. So I implore you for the rest of these 13 days, realize that what you're doing in this fast is making a difference in your life, in your family's lives, in this church, in this state, this community, in this entire region. Your prayers have impact and meaning and purpose. Everything that you're doing is causing a stirring of the spirit. The spiritual climate of this area is changing because of the things that we're doing today. So I implore you, go at it full heart, but enter in with the right posture. God wants to give you so much, so don't stop asking, but ask from the right place. <laughs> wow. Okay, everybody knows this man of God right here, so... Let's give a big another valley welcome for Pastor Tim. So mine is from last Sunday morning before we got started with our fast. I knew it was coming. Um, and so it's kind of one of those things like we're preparing for all week long. We're getting flyers and everything all set. I'm preparing in my mind because I've got to go without food for a certain amount of time. And um, I also have tried to give up, um, not tried, I have given up um, my drinks that provide a lot of energy to me. Um, so that's been good. My wife told me that if I can go the full time and then that 21st day, you know, you mentally break a habit. And I said, I'm here as a rule breaker. So I said, so after I'm done with my 20 days, I'm going to bathe in it. But anyways, besides the point, um, sorry, digressing. So here, um, a little bit of, I've, I think I've, I've, I've shared if I haven't, um, a little bit of our back, my background is more of a religious background that, um, we were we were okay with certain things happening, but other things were just not okay. And manifestations of the spirit of certain things and, um, you know, this and that was just not okay with us. And, and it got to more of like our heartbeat was more of the fact of judging the manifestation more than actually coming into agreement and, and alignment with what God is doing in that person's life. And so still... So I teach with VSSM, I'm one of, the, one of the instructors, and I was with first year the Thursday before, and we talked about manifestations of the Spirit. And we were talking, and I was telling them, I said, you know, one of the things that I had to come to was, instead of saying God can't do that, it was why can't he do that? Why yeah. can't he manifest like that? Why can't yeah. he speak to us like that? Why can't he use so-and-so to do this? Or why, why certain things? So anyway, so when those still happen, I still, in my mind, I still have to have that heart check moment where it's like, is it really you, God, or am I just kind of making this up? And so Sunday morning, we're over here, and we're worshiping, and we're getting ready, and I, I'm thinking about, like, okay, we've got time going. We've got things to get going. I know Pastor Christie's going to give the nod. It's time to get up to the platform. We've got certain things happening, and then all of a sudden, I can feel like, um, like someone's behind me with a mister and um, like this little like spray bottle and just, just, just a light mist, 
Um, and I was kind of like, that's kind of weird. So, like, why is Dale spraying me? And, um, <laughs> and, and so I kind of would go like this, and I was like, man, okay, kind of feeling a little bit more mist. And I was like, all right, we'll just keep worshiping. And then you can kind of just feel it again, and like, what in the world? And so I just closed my eyes, and I was like, okay, why can't you talk to me like this? What are you trying to say right now, God? And it was like, I told Pastor Lynn, I didn't know if I had my eyes. It was a total drision. I don't know what was going on at that moment. And I was turned in the spirit. I could feel myself, like, turned and looking up at the booth here. And you could see, I could see water coming out of it, like a river, just flowing down onto everybody. And it wasn't like people were getting wet, but it was like, a mist was happening, but it wasn't just like happening just right in this section, but like the mist, the water was coming down right here, but the mist was going all over to everybody. And it was interesting. I was like, man, okay. So then a service got going and Pastor Lynn gets up and he starts talking about taking the lid off and, and water a little bit. And I was like, okay, there's one confirmation. All right. You know, okay. Maybe he just had that in his sermon again. I'm trying to kind of, you know, we'll, we'll put on the shelf and then we get to talking to somebody after service. And they start talking about how they were like in the splash zone, I think is how it's being described. And everybody was in the splash zone, not just this certain area, but all areas. And I'm sitting there going, oh my goodness. Like, I don't know, I don't know if they could tell, but my eyes were getting huge. And I was just like, wow. So after that, it was just total confirmation of why, why can't God do that? If we just totally take the limits off of him during this fast, and just why can't he do things? Why can't we bring our petitions to him and just let God be God and him do some miraculous things? And so it was totally awesome. And then I had one more um, was that uh, a couple nights ago, there was, I was having a certain situation uh, that I was getting some worry and anxiety. And um, I don't want to say I, it's hard. I work with Jared in the office. And so every time every conversation I've had with Jared this past week has been about food. And because he's, he's fasting and I've only gone 24 hours and Jared's telling me all about the miraculous things. And I was like, my first prayer is, God, I've got like four more hours in this fast. Please make it go by fast. <laughs> so it's, it's, I'll just be real with you. So, so, um, so I fasted a couple of days throughout this week and, and a certain situation came up because we're, I'm, man, I'm human just like all the rest of you, just because my, I have a certain different type of title doesn't mean I don't have things that come against us. And it, there was really something that was kind of worrying me and stressing me out. I'm not going to lie to you. And um, I seem to be the only one stressed out. Pastor Lynn was cool with things. My wife was cool with things. I mean, it's just like telling people I wanted them to stress out with me, but they wouldn't stress out with me. <laughs> and so I get home and um, we do our thing and we're sitting there talking and then it's time for bed and put the kids to bed and just sitting on my couch. And I was like, you know, God, and um, I don't have the TV on and and I'm just like, God, I just, I don't know what else to, to think about. I know right now I'm supposed to be trusting and having full faith in you. And I was like, you know what? Why can't you? So I closed my eyes and I was like, Jesus, I want you to be so stinking real to me right now. I want you to feel like you're right here. And literally the back, like my neck hairs just went right up. And all of a sudden, and you know, sometimes it's kind of like you get that EVGB feeling and you're like, oh God, you know, if there's a demon, you know, be gone in Jesus' name. <laughs> and, you know, and it was total peace. And it was like, oh my goodness. And then um, I heard, and, and again, why can't he? I heard, it's okay, I'm right here. But when he was talking, it was like he was, right, I could feel the hairs moving 
from like his breath as he was speaking. And it was just like, even right now I'm getting it more. So he, and it was just like, whoa, Jesus. Yes. I was like, thank you. I don't, I can't explain it. I don't know how. I don't know what in the world, but I know that if I just simply surrender myself to you, that I know you are able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can even ask or think of. And so I just sat there on my couch and I was like, thank you for that experience. And then the next day or a couple of days later, everything ended up working out and it just, everything was totally fine. I didn't have to stress about it. Um, but just seeing God manifest in such a mighty way at the beginning of this fast, in the middle of this fast, and we're not even done yet. We still got more days to keep going. So I hope you guys are just so excited as much as I am that we just know God is doing something great and we get to be a part of it. We get to co-labor with him. So it's awesome. Amen. Yeah, let's give them all one more big thank you. Uh, I like Tim says, why not? Why not? Why not me? Why not me? Uh, I titled the message this morning, Why Fast? Why Fast? Thursday night, Renee, uh, myself, and, and Christy Lynn, we were leading the VSSM, the, uh, the second year VSSM class back there, which I think that's the first time that all three of us have done it together, wasn't it? Or at least the first one that I remember. And uh, they ended up with some discussion about fasting. And one of the ladies there says, so why fast? What? It became a topic of our conversation. And it's like, well, and how do I really focus on Jesus when I have to be at work? And first comment that I had is, well, how much time do you take for lunch? And she said, well, at least 30 minutes. I said, well, there's, there's time for about two or three chapters. And then you can end up just spending some time praying right there. So that's an opportunity. And as we fast, it's, it's pretty amazing how when you get that, that growl in your stomach right there, and your desire is him, it's just a reminder right there. It's like, okay, it's, it's time for two things. Get another bottle of water and start praying. Because we are directed, our thoughts very quickly become directed to him. It's like Matthew, I have about 25 minutes. I'm trying to figure out where to start now. I think we've already had a great message up here, haven't we? Yeah. Did you enjoy that thoroughly? Yeah. Pretty amazing to listen to, uh, listen to that. It's just fabulous. I love these guys. And... Uh, and what God's been doing in their lives. Let me share one more quick, one more really quick. Uh, I was hoping that Benji, Benji played bass last week. Something incredible happened to Benji. Christy, some of the other on the worship team saw it. As Benji was playing and worshiping up there, and it was, man, last week was so, so powerful. It was incredibly powerful this morning as well. But when I got up here last week, I, what Tim left here at the, uh, at the pulpit, I could hardly speak for a while. It was just a uh, uh, uh. That was an incredible presence, lingering presence up here. But Benji had been playing bass up there, and he, and he, he looked down, and his hands just started producing oil, sort of dripping out of his palms, his hands. Just, and so he went and showed Christy. He showed some of the other people, like, look what's happening to my hands. 
and he saw somebody that was just absolutely highlighted to him. So as soon as they were done with worship, or was that at the end of service? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I see that smile and a handshake right there. Uh, yeah, it was her. Benji saw her. They went and ended up praying for her. And as soon as he laid hands on and prayed for her, the oil dried up in his hands. It's like, wow, how cool is that? Crazy manifestations that we don't necessarily read about. But Jesus says, for those who love me and those who have my commands and keep them, I will manifest myself to them. So do we believe in those manifestations? Yes, yes absolutely we do. That's just the goodness of God, making himself real and showing you just how much he loves you and me. There it is fumbling for my scriptures and notes, and it was in <laughs> Okay, Matthew 6, 5, and 18, we went over last week where Jesus is saying, pray and fast, pray and fast. And he gives instruction for prayer, and he just follows right up with instruction for fasting. So is that an absolute? Do I have to fast? No, it is not an absolute. You know, the Bible is full of a handful of absolutes. I call them absolutes. What are the absolutes? Those are the musts and the can'ts. You must and you can't if you're going to serve the Lord. If you're going to heaven, there's some things that you got to do, and there's some things that you can't do. So those are absolutes. Are you with me? The absolutes, the musts and the can'ts. But there are principles for success where there's just many, 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 many promises in this Bible. And Jesus is laying out an expectation right there when he says, when you pray, do it in this manner. And right behind that, it's when you fast, do it in this manner. So there's an expectation from Jesus that as an active Christian, as someone that has seen as Christ-like, that you're going to do some fasting, right? Just makes sense. Okay. So there is that expectation. So I say there are principles for success. If you, then I. Jesus, God saying, if you, then I will do this. Many, many promises. And fasting is one of those things. And God blesses that fast and he rewards those. Again, I say, rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now, we don't go into the fast just ready for and expecting. It's like, okay, my hand is out. I'm ready for the rewards. I think Jared explained that so well. It's our heart posture going into the fast, that we're going into that fast honoring him. I, how many of you have heard that old saying, especially young women, the bride, when they're getting ready to get married and when they're first married to say, you know, a way to a man's heart is through his stomach? <laughs> how, how many have heard that? Yeah, yeah. Even a way to a man's heart is through his stomach, but you're getting married to this young woman. You're going to live on love for the first couple months, then you're going to have to learn how to cook. <laughs> because a truly a way to a man's heart is through his stomach. I was, man, this morning I, I was reading and I have all of these scriptures, about a page and a half here of, of, of scriptures that have to do with fasting. And I, I just felt like I was walking through the house and, and just just pondering it, and, and that saying came to me. It's like, remember that? A way to a man's heart is through his stomach. It's like, huh, yeah, I remember that. 
It's like a way to a way to God's heart to connect us to Him is through our stomach as well. It's like oh 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 huh. I'm not sure I like that so much. That's a little more difficult than learning to cook, isn't it? The way to God's heart, the way to connect with God's heart. You know, he, he, he's, he's looking for his bride. And for his bride to fully connect with him, a heart-to-heart connection comes through the stomach of man. That's the center of our being, right? Romans 12.1 says that we make of ourselves, that we make ourselves to be a living sacrifice that is an acceptable sacrifice to him, that we make our bodies to be a living sacrifice. I'm trying to fast forward here a little bit, that we become a living sacrifice to him. And, when, and making our bodies a living sacrifice, what's the center of your body and the center of your being? It's like right here. So when we take command over our stomach, rather than having our stomach rule us, say, God, I am willing to make this sacrifice. And man, I'm here on day seven to say that is a sacrifice that we're making to him and for him through this stomach right here. It's like a way to a man's heart is through his stomach. A way to God's heart is through his stomach. That we have to deny ourselves, deny our flesh, tell that thing to just be quiet because we want to honor God right now. Scripture Matthew 5, 6 says, Those who hunger and thirst after righteousness will be filled. Those who hunger and thirst after righteousness will be filled. John 3.10 and and, and 4.10, we we move into that. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Uh, John 6.35, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. It's like when we hunger, what's hunger for that bread of life? Jesus is the bread of life. Man does not live by natural bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. To get ourselves into a place in a position of humility, humbling ourselves, Connecting our heart to his heart, we need to do some fasting to put ourselves in that place of humility, to put ourselves connected to God's heart so we can understand his heart, so we can hear his heart, feel his heartbeat through the stomach. Jesus says in in John 3.10 and and 4.14, he's talking about, if you drink from this way, you come thirsty. If you thirst, I will give you living water and you will never thirst again. He also says in 4.14 that he's the source of this living water. But when you drink from this living water that he provides, that he gives you, then out of the center of your being, out of this stomach, out of this belly of ours, will flow rivers of living water. We start talking about, will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Another scripture that says, out of your belly, out of the center of your being, out of your belly, will flow rivers of living water, that we end up becoming that living water, splashing onto the people around us. 
Remember I shared last week, I'm going to just touch base about this, I over there worshiping 14, 15, 16 years ago. I, I, I will never forget it, though, because it was the first vision that I ever had. And even with my, with my eyes closed, you close your eyes right now, you still see things. Can't help but see you need colors or, or something. That I just saw complete black, everything blacked out, complete darkness. And in that darkness sprang up one little spring, and I could see that in that complete darkness. So I was like, wow. And then another and another and another and another till most of the darkness was dispelled. Only little spots of darkness among all of the illuminated water, which I call living water. And all of those springs were each one of us. Because we become that living water that splashes over onto everyone else. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. So, those who hunger and thirst after righteousness will be filled. I say, be filled this morning. Filled with His Spirit, filled with His living water, that you will leak and splash and completely dispel the darkness around you by the water that's produced coming out of your belly. But we have to take... <laughs> We have to sometimes take that lid off. I mean, fasting is something that I'm going to be doing more of. Not calling a church fast more frequently, more regularly. I was listening to, I've listened to four different pastors doing teaching here just recently, uh, this week actually, doing teaching on, on, on fasting. And I was listening to a Jensen Franklin message who, yeah, amazing, Jensen Franklin, that, that guy is like, We've seen him live before, and, and he just, oh, he's amazing. I, I love that guy. I, lo I love his teaching. He was talking about Abraham Lincoln. You know, after the Civil War, after the big Civil War, and our country was in such despair and in shambles, he ended up calling four different all-country, the entire country, into a fast. Fasting for restoration. Fasting for, and after... The fourth fast, I believe that it was after the fourth fast. Like I said, I've heard enough different messages trying to remember all, all of them. But I believe it was after the fourth fast that there were all kinds of things that started happening in our country. For one thing, unity started to come back around. We started to come back together. But there were creations, there were inventions, there were all kinds of things that restored the financial wealth to the United States of America. After... The country fasted together because the president of this great country called the people into a fast four times. Is that amazing? I want to tell you something else amazing that I just discovered this morning listening to uh, uh, Brad Pitt. How many have heard of Brad Pitt? How many have watched a movie of, with Brad Pitt in it? I thought you were UPC. <laughs> uh, do you know that Brad Pitt just made a public declaration that he was coming back to the teachings of his youth, that he was coming back to the church, that he grew up speaking in tongues in a charismatic church, and now he's coming back to his roots and to the belief system that he grew up in? It's like, whoa. We got Kanye West, we got Brad Pitt. God's doing some amazing things in this country right now, and the people, the influencers. 
side. Wife asked, oh, because we need that breakthrough. We need that breakthrough. If we want to see uh, financial breakthrough in our lives, in our church, in our communities, it's, it's amazing when we make those declarations up there. We're, we're seeing it in the lives of our people. We're seeing it in our church as we speak the words in, in the declarations that we have up there every Sunday. But, no but, I shouldn't say but, but although, therefore, <laughs> along with, above and beyond, we need to pray and fast together. Let's fast together. There's two more weeks. Well, as Jared said, 13 more days of this fast. So I encourage you, if you have already broken your fast, and you can start over. That's what I've already done. But I'm telling you, you don't have to do a complete water-only fast like Jared's done, like Richard Oliver. They're, I mean, my hat's off to these guys. I started out knowing, though, I, 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 I've made a declaration at the beginning of each week, which this is now week two. <laughs> made a declaration at the beginning of the week between me and God, and it's like, here's what I'm going to do this time. And for myself, it was a 48-hour fast to start with. I did two days water only, and then I broke it with a very small meal. Then, well, that... <laughs> Then every, every 24 hours, I've been doing that with a very small meal. I'm talking about like salad types. What normally, I would, would sit down on my plate and think, okay, there was the hors d'oeuvre, this little bit of salad, now where's the meal? That's kind of how I've been feeling after that. I have to tell you a funny story, I'm going to jump back into a couple more scriptures though. Day four, late in the afternoon of day four, I was up on, uh, on a ladder trying to hang a picture in our, in our new house. We're in that new house. And I was up on, a, up on the ladder trying to hang that, that picture. I was like, whoa, whoa, I've got to put my hand on the wall for a little bit. And Renee's standing behind me, what's going on? So she, that's a 10-foot ceiling, so she put her hand up there on my backside. It's like, you're really going to do a lot there. You know? And I, I, I finished what I was doing, and it's like, okay, I've got to get down. I've I got to go sit down for a little bit. And uh, it's like, what in the world? Because I've never done over a three-day fast, and this was day four. It's like, it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. So I sat down there, and then as I was sitting there, it's like Renee saying, okay, I, I, you need to hang another picture. I said, yeah, I need to rest. You need to relax a little bit too here. It's like, then I said, you know what? We might be taking a trip to the ER. She said, what are you talking about? I said, I'm not really sure, but I have never felt like this before. I was like, my equilibrium was off. My feet were starting to tingle and my hands were tingling. I don't, I don't know what's going on. I might, you might be taking me to the ER, so don't be talking about hanging any more pictures right now. So she went and grabbed Christy while I was just sitting there trying to figure out and drinking a little water. Like, what in the world? No way, no way. And Christy came in there. She says, what are your symptoms? I told her, and she started laughing at me. <laughs> there is nothing funny about this. I'm about to, ready to have your mom take me to the ER. She says, 
your electrolytes are off, Dad. You just need a little bit. She needs a little bit of bone broth. Set there, bone broth with a little bit of cabbage in it about 3, 3, 4 o'clock in the afternoon of day four. And it's like, oh, I'm healed. Thank God. <laughs> so, so, yeah, the, you know, there are some challenges that come with fasting. I am not an expert veteran faster. Three days is a long fast for me. But I would encourage you, as, as I asked last week, you know, if you will at least take a 24 hours and sign up in one of those spots for a 24-hour spot. But we were so blessed by all of those things that you, all those papers that you filled out and turned in for those that said, yes, I will fast. There's probably an average, uh, Pastor Tim counted up, and in fact, he was crying back in the office back there because of the response. No, I think that's really cool. I'm not calling you sissy. I think that's amazing. <laughs> that he's like, you're not going to believe. There's like probably 120, 112. Well, let's get a little bit. Uh, 112 that signed up, but there's also some staff, and a couple of them are fasting. <laughs> no, we're all fasting, just at varying degrees. Uh, so, man, that's so awesome. So he said there's probably an average of about 10 people a day or so in all of the days that are 15 to 20. Okay, I was on the other side of it there. 15 to 20 people that are fasting every single day of the fast. I want to talk about one more thing, though. You know, uh, people are saying, well, I'm going to fast TV. I'm going to fast... Uh, Internet, I'm going, to, I'm going to fast. Social media, I'm going to fast. That doesn't come from your stomach, though. I think that's, that's amazing. And as I was saying last week, I really believe that as we start that fast and as we connect to the heart of God, he's going to show us some other things that we need to abstain from, cut back on, start to show us. But I really don't... I, I, man. I studied the scriptures and I cannot see where fasting really is anything besides denying your flesh, your stomach, and not eating. So it's awesome, it's great, it's wonderful to cut out some of the other things as Holy Spirit shows, teaches, and directs. But the real fast, from what I have ascertained from great, great study, is that we have to just not eat. We have to not eat. Now, in Daniel, the first chapter, in the tenth chapter, Daniel did a fast. This is, this is amazing. If you read the first chapter of Daniel, you know, they were taken captive. King Nebuchadnezzar uh, brought some of the, the cream of the crop from the Hebrew children, you know, from the, the Jews. He brought them in, uh, took them captive, and brought them in. And was feeding them because he wanted the cream of the crop to serve under him in his, basically, upper echelon there. He, he was bringing them in. And he wanted to compare them. He wanted to feed them well. He wanted to have them ready to go, ready to serve him. Well, Daniel said, I don't want to defile myself on the king's meat on these days, delicacies. He said, so I would like to have a 10-day fast. I would like to just do vegetables and water, vegetables and water. He said to the, to the king's servant, to the, to the eunuch, just bring us vegetables and water. 
So the guy said, yeah, okay, I guess. We'll, we'll give this a try. At the end of ten days of just vegetable and water, because they were obedient to the Lord in fasting exactly what he called them, what he showed them to do, just vegetables and water, denying the delicacies, denying the wine, nothing but vegetables and water, on the tenth day when they were taken before the king, which would be like the big job interview, right, as to how they're going to serve, what job they're going to get. When taken before the king, the king looked at them, along with his, his council, the people that are looking, that are checking this out, doing, going through the interview process. And those guys that did only water and the Daniel fast of only vegetables were ten times brighter, ten times smarter, looked ten times better than the rest of those that were eating of the king's delicacies and his meat and drinking his wine. I thought, I'm a numbers kind of guy. It's like, wow, ten-day fast, ten times brighter. Like, huh, interesting, huh? Now, were they really ten times brighter, or was that just the perception of the people because of the presence of God shining all over them in their lives? That's what I really probably believe, that God highlighted them because of his presence on their lives, because of their obedience to him in their prayer and fasting. The next time Daniel fasted, it was a 21-day fast. It was a little bit of a struggle he was praying about. And what happened at the end of the 21-day fast, which was the same thing, just water and vegetables, the end of that 21-day fast, an angel appeared to him and gave him an incredible vision. We heard what happened to these guys. They're getting some visions and some, some awesome experiences up here. Well, Jesus manifested himself to Daniel after a 21-day fast. Pretty amazing too, isn't it? Proverbs 13.22 is, I think, what we'll, I will close with here. Proverbs 13.22, it said, A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. Everybody say with me, a good man, good man. leaves an inheritance to his children's children. I believe that we... That we, we, we as us, we as you, me, we as this church, that we, when we are obedient to God, when, when we're doing what we're doing right now, we're creating a legacy, we're creating an inheritance for our children's children. I'm not just talking about financially here. I really believe, though, that, I mean, you know, sometimes we hear people talk about, we even, we're, we're believing that, this very well may be the generation of the second coming of Jesus Christ. It's like awesome, incredible. And I believe that we should be living as if tomorrow could be the last day of our lives. That there is an urgency right now that we should bring as many people as we can that we need to see souls saved. So when he does come back, we're taking a bunch of others with us. But I also believe that we should be living like tomorrow is our last day or today is our last day. But we should be planning for a hundred years. 
creating an inheritance for our children's children. That the things that we do today, we're thinking about our children's children. Are you with me? The decisions that we make, the actions that we take, and that we begin teaching our children what prayer and fasting and connecting our heart to the heart of God is really all about. Because, who knows? I mean, the things are lining up. The things are lining up that there's an urgency. This could be. This could be. We could be in the last days. It could be 10 years, 20 years, but it could be 100 years too. So we need to make our ceilings our children's floor. So our children's children will have an inheritance. Thinking about our children's children, a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. I think that's both financially and spiritually. Let's stand together. And the prayer team can make their way up here. You know, I, I, I've shared this a couple weeks ago, that we leave the very front of this open. So if, if, if you have a desire to, to come up here, that you want to come up to pray, the front around these steps is open and nobody will bother you. You can come up there, you can kneel and enjoy the presence of the Lord. You can just pray to your heart's content. But people on both sides, you're coming to partner with somebody to be praying for and with you. Father, I thank you that you are such a good, good God, that you love us, that you give us a really clear direction of what we need to do, what we don't want to do, but you also give us a guideline with plenty of principles for success in this word of yours. It seems that when I, when I, when I think and when I ponder and, and, and end up in, in conversations with people about fasting and giving, fasting and giving, it's like, do you have to tithe to be a Christian? Well, it's pretty much in the word right there. But are you going to go to hell or can you still make heaven if you don't? I don't think that you have to tithe to be able to make it to heaven necessarily. But if you want success in your life, he's calling for the first fruits. It's like, yes, you need to tithe. If you want spiritual breakthrough and success in your life, yes, you need to spend time fasting because it connects you to the heart of God. I thank you that you're showing me, making it really clear to me, Lord, that this is something that you want from me, and my desire is to please you, Lord. My desire is nothing more than to please you and to carry out your will for my life. And I pray that that will be the heart of all your people this morning, that their greatest desire will be to serve you, to please you, and I ask this in Jesus' mighty name, speaking blessing over each one of them, that you would bless them, that you would keep them, that you would make your face to shine upon them, that you would put your countenance upon them and give them your peace. In Jesus' name, amen.